What'd you say? Sorry. And now we're recording. Exactly. Perfect. Okay. Well, again, thank you so much for um, just uh, hopping on a call and getting to chat. I think this will be um, really cool. So I'll just go ahead and get started with the questions. We have about 10 different questions. Um, so my first is, could you start by sharing the story behind Earth Friends and what inspired its creation and kind of what's the driving force behind the organization's mission? All right. That, that's a big question. <laughs> I, I know that's a big question and I can answer it. It's just the time that I can answer it in. So what started earth friends? Um, well, it, the origination of earth friends really does go all the way back to when I was a child and when I was little, and I really, um, as a little girl cared about what, what humans were doing to our natural environment and essentially what humans were doing to other living beings, including themselves. And, um, you know, following that story of just the, um, the ways that environmentalism has come in and out of my life personally and, um, um, professionally landed me at my, let's see, I was pregnant with my second child. Um, so my daughter and, um, I had just kind of come off a year of doing this little project that I, I decided I would do myself, which I laugh now because I have no idea how I did it, but I decided that I would post something on Instagram and then in a subsequent blog on a website every single day that could encourage or help or support any other individual like myself, meaning someone that had the means to make changes to be more sustainable or more regenerative or greener, or as I like to call it, um, imperfectly green. And I decided I would do that for the entire year. So that was 365 things that I posted every single day and, um, or one thing every single day to just encourage adults like myself, um, that we could do this, that we could make individual changes and those changes can make a difference. And those changes were across the board from writing to your legislators, to swapping out your toothpaste for toothpaste tabs, to um, planting in a community garden, like all over the map. Because I just wanted to show this happens in so many different ways. We're not limited to one. And really, you know, imagine one million people doing things, you know, one million things imperfectly and or not one million things. We think like things have to happen because someone does everything. They do all the things in their life. But I think that our paradigm will shift towards a a better greener brighter future if if more people do little things so i did that i was great and i had people ask me questions and there was a little momentum but not not really <laughs> so i kind of was frustrated and i then i was pregnant so that was that was a whole other slew of emotions <laughs> and i i started to you know, this was the way my husband and I were living, um, as imperfectly green as we could and making small changes that led to big changes. And now we had kids in the world. So my thinking, well, we had our, our son and he was about, I think two and a half by then. And, and he had these things that he was learning at home, but he was going out into the world. And it, to me, I kind of had this feeling like, well, maybe like nobody cares. And now he's going to go into the world and he's going to go into preschool and he's totally going to be the weird kid with like, the steel bento box for lunch and like 
um, like, yeah, you got that, you know, at a secondhand store, whatever. And I just thought, oh, that's gonna, that's such a bummer for him. Like how can more children like him be exposed to what he's exposed to? And it was kind of a selfish endeavor in a way, because I didn't want my child to feel left out. Um, but I went to my, the director of his preschool because she had encouraged many times over, you know, as parents, is there anything you want to share? Do you have an expertise? Do you want to, you know, whatever it is you want to share with our community. So I'd already shared some yoga stuff because I was a yoga teacher at the time. And we shared seeds from our garden to start their garden, like to help with their garden. So there was a communication there. And I just kind of floated the idea of, well, we do some sustainable things at home that my son is getting familiar with. Like, what if I could share some of those in a developmentally appropriate fashion with like the children so that, you know, he has little friends to, to do these, these things with. And I really didn't know what her answer would be. Um, and I was just talking to her in a parking lot. I was just a mom talking to the director of a preschool in a parking lot. And I did not hurt, expect her to say, sure, go for it. Write up some lessons. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. I can do that. Sure. And I went home and I was like, oh my God, this is insane. I can't. Okay. I'm going to find them. I'm going to find them on the internet because the internet has everything. And there's got to be something that people are doing educationally for early education. There's got to be something. And I, I make a long story made short. I, I looked and there was nothing. There was nothing for this age group that I felt was developmentally appropriate that I thought was positive and, and really infused the content of whatever sustainability, eco-friendly, um, climate change, all that. It, it was all very, it just wasn't appropriate for that age group. And I think that this age group, just like adults, this is where it kind of comes full circle is that we're having a hard time. Adults like myself, um, are having a hard time saving and fighting for, and I'm, I'm using air quotes here, um, and preserving a planet that we haven't fallen in love with. Like I have, I have been forever. I, I think it's the coolest place, you know, in all of the universe, but <laughs> I could start to see why it was difficult for people to make changes because how do you make changes and shifts if you don't understand something or, or you don't love something? And I thought, well, with these children, we can give them a chance that I, my generation didn't get generations before me didn't get to just fall in love with all that's out there, just to learn about earth, not learn what's happening to it, not, not be burdened with, with what you have to change. And so that's where earth friends came from is just, I wanted to give young children, like our youngest children, because specifically that's when it's your formative years, your brain is developing, habits are forming, behaviors are starting to solidify. I wanted to give those children the chance to fall in love with earth. Yeah. I love that. I think, um, that's such an inspiring story for sure. And I feel like at YCAT, we can totally resonate with that because we feel as young, the, the new generation, yeah. the upcoming generation, we want to make a change and we want to educate others. So we started um, Y Camp where we teach like um, more, it's like middle schoolers, uh, climate related education, which we think is such an important thing to learn and that people just don't learn about it in school as much as they really should. And I feel like as climate activists ourselves, we have fallen in love with the place that we are. As you, as you said, it's just such an amazing place to be. So why wouldn't you want to protect it and take care of it? It's just so precious. And I also just loved what you said about making imperfect um, improvements. I think that's so important because I think there is often 
a lot of pressure to be a perfect like climate activist, like to be so green, like, you know, to do everything that you can do. But that's not always what we need to do. It's like, you don't have to go to the extreme level all the time. If you are not able to do that, I feel like it's great to just make small changes. And over time, those can really compound to make huge changes. And if everyone just made like tiny changes on a daily basis, it would be huge. And I think another thing happens there too. When you start to make the tiny changes, they multiply. Exactly. You don't have to keep, it's like rolling a ball down and like the ball gets momentum and things happen. And it's not because you're pushing it harder or you're not doing more. And that's what I've seen in my own life. Like even a couple, I don't know, five, six years ago, before I had children, before I moved into the house that we're in, you know, we, we thought like, yeah, we're doing all these like eco-friendly things and we're being really green. And we were, we were starting to, but then we look back on the, like the versions of my husband and I then, and we weren't nearly where we are today, but it really hasn't felt like a whole ton of effort. Yeah. We've done some bigger things. Like we put solar panels on our roof and we did purchase an electric car, but that was all in the progression of other things that had to happen first, because now these things made sense from a very intrinsic place versus like, I should do this because this is better. It was just a true, like, want to be a certain way. And, um, yeah, another thing that, um, that you mentioned, I just want to add really quick. I'm in the state of New Jersey and New Jersey has, um, enacted climate change standards across all subjects in K through 12 education. And part of my, when I really decided, okay, I'm going to commit to earth friends and figure out how to write this curriculum. Um, I'm going to look at all that's out there and do all of my homework before I even endeavor upon this. And one of the things was that in K through 12 in this state, as soon as they hit kindergarten, these children were going to have climate change education. And I realized they're not going to know what that is. They will have no idea what that is. They yeah. kind of know what letters are. So then words and spelling make a little bit of sense because they've seen letters on walls and they're tracing and they're drawing. They don't know what the alphabet is. Like my child still does not know. Like, I don't care that he doesn't know A to Z in a row yet. It's that he knows that those letters exist and that those letters can become words and those words for him can become his way of expressing through language. Now, if they have no idea that anything about earth or the climate or biodiversity or, you know, all of these living systems and, and, you know, non-human and human, um, if they don't even know they exist, then these standards aren't going to make much a difference until well into the future, almost like it's too late. So we have to make this foundational for them. So this got a lot bigger than my original idea. If you can't tell. I love it. I love the evolution of that small idea and just it became into such a big accomplishment, which is just so amazing. And I think what you're doing is so impactful. Um, and going off of that, I'd love to know. So I know that Earth Friends focuses on building foundations um, of like self-confidence, connection, resilience um, for the Earth and just in young people in general and children. So how do these principles contribute to shaping environmentally conscious individuals? Um, well, we kind of again, we don't really talk about what to do and what not to do because mm -hmm. there's simply too little. And, you know, having the ability to make a decision is more important than making the quote unquote right decision right now. But what we start to do is in that exploration of, you know, other, other beings alive on this planet. We talk about how all life is important and all life needs and this is just an example, right? Um, which is our, we love our, our neighbors, um, which is module two. So we talk about how all life needs water and air 
and land and it needs to be clean and healthy. So in that becomes this value of life and a value of life outside of just their own little lives that, you know, the animals that, that we care about how they're living too. We care about how our neighbors are living. We care about how our neighbors in a whole different continent are living. So then that just is that foundation of, well, I want to do things that have a positive impact on others. Or when we talk about where are things come from and where are things go, which is module five out of five. Yeah. Um, we, we learn that these things all come from nature, whether it's wood, whether it's plastic, which, you know, it doesn't seem like plastic comes from nature, but plastic comes from the, um, you know, all of the, the chemical, I'm not going to go into like, we all know that, but it comes from the ground. It comes from the ground. It comes from earth. It comes up and we do something with what we extract and we create plastics. And so we can, we can learn about where the things we have in front of us, our toys, our dishes, our cars, our chairs come from. So that then there's two things that happen. You can make choices about what types of things you want to have. Actually three things. You can also start to make choices about where do those things go when we're done with them? Like what happens? Something different happens to, you know, wool than it does to, um, you know, a plastic toothbrush. And they start to understand this is plastic. It's not going to go away. This is wool. It might biodegrade over time because it's something that's natural. Um, and also just to have more value over anything that you own, whether you own a plastic toy truck or a metal truck, the idea is that you take care of it, you clean it, you put it away. And these are just these behaviors. So I think at this stage, what is what becomes very um, important is to integrate sustainable behaviors that come with what we call an earth friends, just choices, good choices. Um, and, and that's what it is. And I think that there, that there is an impact there because these are children that, that know, oh, well, this goes to a landfill. So maybe they're not at the point yet where they're like, let's keep everything out of the landfill, which many of them are kind of like, we know that's not good for earth. Um, they're at least know that it's a landfill where sometimes when you talk to adults, they just throw it away. I'm like, well, where does it go? I just threw it away. But, but where, where you threw it away from you as a person or your house, but it's going to go somewhere. And just giving them the idea that like away isn't, that's not a reality. I love uh, that. I think, yeah, I think that's so important because so many people, if it's, it's like out of mind, out of sight, like if you don't um, like see it anymore, um, then it's not there, but that's not true. It goes into a landfill and things like that. So I think it's so important to really show children um, where things come from and where things actually go. And I also think, I like how you said, um, you're integrating it into their, you know, daily lives in a way because they play with these toys, but how are they supposed to know where they come from if no one teaches them? And how are they supposed to become, you know, future leaders in like the climate movement or at least make small choices themselves without actually knowing the basics? I think that's super powerful. Yeah. And I think and it really is this, this idea of being stewards for all life on earth is infused throughout the earth friends curriculum. It's just not something we openly talk about because mm -hmm. it's, it's way too high of a concept for them right now. But just that, um, example, um, a, a really easy way to show it is that, you know, you ask the question where, where does your, I don't know, um, apple come from. And they're like, in the beginning of things, it's, well, it comes from ShopRite, which is a local grocery store. 
or it comes from, you know, my grandma's kitchen, like whatever. But they now know, like after the sort of first year of Earth Friends, that, that the apple comes from the tree and the tree comes from the ground and we take care of the ground and we water the tree and then the tree makes the apple. And then the apple gets to the grocery store, to grandma's kitchen or whatever. And just making that leap of like the, the origin of things, I think is important for them. And I think it's been neglected in education for sure. Yeah, for sure. hundred percent. I, I agree. I think it's so important. Um, and going off of that, how do you continue to nurture that curiosity that many children have just about the, the world in general and the environment and how do you, um, more so foster a love for the environment? Like when it, within the context of earth friends or like mm-hmm. when children are seven, because when they're seven, I want to be like, hi, I hope you're doing it. <laughs> um, um, well, we, we really, as, as educators, so anybody who becomes an educator and teaches this Earth Friends curriculum, the idea is to be a co-learner. So everybody is always learning. So everybody is always curious. So we're always asking questions and we're always, you know, open to, you know, I think something that shuts down a child's want to learn about anything or participate in something is if they're told they're doing it wrong or if it's done for them. So in this instance, in Earth Friends, there aren't any wrong answers. So if the question is, where do polar bears live? And someone says in uh, Costa Rica, you're like, yeah, you know what? Maybe that's where the pol- could be, could be, you know what? Yeah. And you're like, in your head as an adult, you're like, no, 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 they don't. <laughs> Maybe a zoo, but I actually don't think Costa Rica. Yeah. <laughs> but that doesn't shut that down that child from then answering the next question, which maybe they will have, you know, the more aligned information with way the world is, um, that, and also when there's hands-on activities, that's important for them because they get their hands into the activity and they're touching and they're feeling, and they're having the sensorial experience versus when, you know, just for example, you can tell a child to recycle and that becomes a rule. Like it goes in the blue bin because it looks like this. But that idea of understanding what recycling is, is, is a bigger, you know, that, that has more impact on them. So then they believe that their decision about something getting recycled or not recycled has more impact. Like they start to understand this aluminum can goes in this recycling bin, cause then it's going to go to a factory and it's going to become another can. And, and I, we hope, and I think, <laughs> I think aluminum's a, it's a pretty solid, we're pretty good on recycling aluminum. Um, but just nurturing their curiosity. Um, and nurturing their, their own, you know, agency in things and showing them that they have an impact, then I, I hope that that will grow and that will continue for them so that they feel that they're important in this world. They're not just little kids that are only important when they become big kids. They're, they're important now. Yeah. I love that. I think that's so important to basically empower children and make their own decisions instead of just saying like, this is what you do. Like you just do it. It's just like a rule, but children don't want to follow the rules a lot of the time. So if they actually know the why behind it, it gets more interesting and they can interact with it, I think. Um, And I'd love to know um, how you've seen kind of an evolution of climate resilience and like love um, within these children who've been a part of the the program. Um, Well, to honest that, to answer, whoa, to answer <laughs> that, honestly, um, it's hard to see the climate resilience develop this young yet. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that takes time to see how that builds, but they have such an enthusiasm for growing their own food. 
They have an enthusiasm for understanding where their garbage, trash, waste, whatever you want to call it goes. Um, and I think something that is a really important part of this is the intergenerational conversations that they can have. And when you're having a conversation with like a four-year-old, there's literally no agenda other than it's something they love and care about. Um, but it's not, it doesn't go into our other kind of messy world of agendas of why are we talking about where our garbage goes and why are we talking about, you know, like uh, the icebergs melting or whatever. It's such a authentic and innocent um, interest that they have in things. And I think that those things are what are, what's going to build resiliency. I think what matters in building climate resiliency too, is just knowing you have an impact so that what you do matters so that you can make a difference out there. And that's going to help, you know, when things do become challenging or when, you know, here in New Jersey, um, our weather patterns are definitely different. I've read in a couple of places, it's the second um, fastest warming state. We've had a lot of coastal flooding um, and we have not had snow. Well, okay. Yeah. We had like a week of snow and it got like super cold, um, but they're having the conversations of why, you know, why isn't there snow? Why isn't the river, you know, why, why is the river in people's homes or why is this road closed? So that's just the start of that awareness that I think is going to, you know, just connecting the dots. Yeah, I think that's, again, so important just because it all starts with the basics. And I feel like you can't create environmental um, resiliency without, you know, understanding the actual key, like the core behind what you're believing in and things like that. So I think that's so important. And also they are so young. So it's nice to just teach them the basics and so that they can go out and talk about it. And, but they don't have to know everything and they don't have to be like, you know, these crazy climate activists, they're like four. So um, yeah, I think it's so important um, just to, you know, teach the basics at a young right. age. Well, and so for example, I hope this foundation for them creates resiliency when, when they need it and when exactly. they can share it with others that maybe didn't get this foundation. Um, but there was, um, a little boy who was at, I don't know, a festival or, or something. He was somewhere with his family and, um, he had his, his, you know, trash from his lunch or whatever, but he was holding onto it. And he said, I really, what did he say? Um, uh, he said, I want to make sure this goes into the garbage because I want to keep earth clean because I love earth and I don't want earth to be sick. So I'm doing my part. So just, in, and, and to us, we're like, okay, well, you're putting, you know, trash in the garbage, like big deal. But to just know why you do that is, is much more than I can say for many adults. We just put, you know, a lot of us put trash in the bin because that's what you're supposed to do. Exactly. No, I know so many people who just, they just do it because that's what, again, you're supposed to do. But I know, I think knowing the why behind everything is so important. Um, the why is resiliency. We can make exactly the why. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, and you kind of already went into this, but what's like a story or a moment that really stands out in your journey um, through creating this organization and something that's, you know, left a lasting impact on your organization? Oh, goodness. Um. <laughs> I mean, definitely the the stories of the children and how they're interpreting the information. Um, and then also it's been wonderful to just see like the shifts in what the school is doing mm -hmm. that not only is just like, oh, becoming greener, becoming more sustainable, 
but doing so as it includes the children, because it's kind of like baked into the curriculum. So it's not like you have to do this as a school, but if you're, if we're doing this and we're doing this module, it's a great time for the garden, or it's a great time if you want to invest in rain barrels. So just to see adults at a school making changes that includes the children understanding why those changes are being made versus just like, and now we have this, and this mm -hmm. is the new rule for that. So I think that that's kind of a bigger thing, but on a, a smaller scale of just the individual children and how they're reacting to the information, um, there's a little boy who was sticking all kinds of like screwdrivers and drill bits into the yard. And, um, his mom was like, well, what, like, what are you doing? Like, you know, and he was building, he said, building something. And it's kind of like, well, that's not really safe to have all these like things sticking up out of the yard. And, um, but she was just waiting cause she was there and she was watching and it was fine. And he was four and he kept doing it. And, she said, well, what, like, okay, what are you building? Like, what is it? Um, and I think I might get this wrong. They're either cooling sticks or sun sticks, but whatever that they were called, um, we'll call them cooling sticks. I think that's mm -hmm. maybe what it was, is that they were sucking up the hot air from the earth and they were shooting it back to the sun where it belongs. So it's like, you see these innovations that don't make sense necessarily, but they're little children innovating things so that they can figure out how to fix the mess we're in. Wow. That's so impressive. Like even, you know, they're not going to do it perfectly, but the thought that they're having and the, the creativity that they have to, you know, think about what they're doing and to actually want to make a difference. I think that, I think that's a great, that's a right. great Cause moment. you could easily just say, okay, you're really just sending like geothermal energy back up to the sun. That's wrong, but that's not going, that's not the attitude that's going to get children anywhere because they'll exactly. it out just like we all do. And, um, I think that that is one of the like important qualities. Another thing that, and I, I'll make this as quick as I can, but I do think it's important in earth friends, um, is that it's not all nature. Like nature is what we're here to conserve and preserve and regenerate. And I am here for it, but I also think, and this just comes also from, you know, certain children don't gravitate towards many children. I would say like 95 or 10 of children just want to go outside and play with logs and soil and things because that's very interesting to them, but that isn't every children's like go-to some really want to build and they really want to innovate and they want to take apart our machines and they want to figure out cars, but they're also part of the story of shifting this paradigm. It's not only because you've uber connected with nature and you want to preserve it. You're going to have a whole other part of the population that, you know, we live in a tech world. That's what we're in. And yes, we're going to go back to, I think we have to go back to a lot of the ways things were done, but we're going back to them from this this century's mentality. So we have to take with it some, some very different minds that see the world in a very different way that will also be a part of the solution. So part of this was that Earth Friends is also for kids that just like their things and they want to build stuff. So let's at least learn where it's coming from, what impact it has on the world, where it goes, and essentially how you can make it better. Because we're humans, we're always going to have things. We're always going to build things and create things and have factories and mass produce. It's, you know, fortunately and unfortunately, I'll say, you know, fortunately for when we get it together and do it a little bit more, you know, um, circular. It'll yeah. Be <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. I think 
I mean, we need everyone. We need engineers. We need people who just have other jobs. We just need all the types of people to know about the environment and about the climate. We don't just need, you know, a specific type of person who's super um, we need interested. Our, our left brains and our right brains. We need our creatives and we need our builders. We need our, yeah, we need all kinds of people. Exactly. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, so looking ahead, uh, what is your vision for the future of Earth Friends? Um, yeah. Oh my goodness. Um, I mean, truthfully, <laughs> I would love for for early um early childhood centers and schools and communities all across. I'm gonna start with our country, so the US, but I know that this I I, I when I was like, okay, I'm taking this seriously. This is this is what I'm doing, and I'm gonna turn it into a nonprofit and I'm gonna do all that. I do I want it to scale, not so that it becomes like a big thing everybody's doing and becomes important. I want it to scale because I don't see anything like that out there. And I do see it as a solution to including our youngest minds and hearts, which are so open and so curious, much more than, than adults, um, to be a part of the solution. And so that they, it's their world, like it's your world now, then it's more my world. Um, and it's, you know, more their world than it is your world because they have a long time to live in it. And I, I want to give them the chance. So I would love to see this, um, you know, as, as prevalent as many other, um, curricula in, in the U S or across the world, because <laughs> I say it to my husband a lot and I feel kind of bad or vain or like, it's my ego talking, but I'm like, I think it's really good. I have no idea why I was the one supposed to do this, but I did it. And I, I think it's pretty good. Sure. It has room for improvement, but it also, another part of earth friends is the community because I want to include the educators that are doing this. And I want to always have feedback and conversation so it can be a living curriculum that changes um, and a living organization that's, that's listening to, you know, all kinds of other living organizations and systems around it so that it does evolve. It's not just like, and now it's done and like, just ship it out to everyone. Um, but yeah, I would, I would like to see it be everywhere. I guess that, that would be, that would be the dream. No, that's amazing. I think that's a great dream. And I think like having I, that, oh yeah, continue. Yeah. And, and when I say schools, I also, one of the parts of it, and it is something, you know, that um, is on our radar and what we're focusing on, but we, we want this to be a part of emerging communities too, not just children that can go to traditional schools or that can like, so that it reaches children everywhere in the ways that it can. Yeah. I think that's so impactful. And I think if children around the country and maybe eventually around the world are able to grow up just learning about the environment. I feel like our future could be so different and they are our future. They are our future generation. So we need to um, encourage them to learn and we need to teach them. That's kind of our responsibility. I feel like as educators and things like that. It's yeah. Okay. And I, and I also think that another way that earth friends can function is for, you know, young adults to participate in this. So it isn't, um, so that we do have like all generations and that there's a, there's a professional development to it that new teachers that come into systems can have this type of, um, you know, it's not really a certification, but they can have this type of, of a, of a curriculum to offer as, as what they do and, and that they too can have a better understanding of, of what it means, um, to bring this foundation to children. 
Yeah, that's amazing. I love it. Um, yeah. So as we wrap up, um, do you have any messages or calls to action um, for our audience? Um, maybe how they can get involved with Earth Friends um, or anything like that? Um, yeah, I think my main message is because I was so shocked by it when I was trying to figure out if this curriculum was out there, if there was something I could just grab and get myself and certify and teach, um, is like, let's not forget about these young children in this, in this education of our world, whether you want to call it climate change, whether you want to call it sustainability, whatever it is, let's please not forget about them because I don't think we're understanding how important having this as a foundation of their learning is. Um, and the ways to get involved, um, you can become an educator if you're in a school um, or you have a community of you know three to six to seven-year-olds that you wanna bring this information to. Really anybody can come, become an educator and that information is on our website. Um, but if you're not the educator type and you have the, the means or the, the funds, you can always donate to us. Um, we also have some exciting developments where people are just sponsoring schools. They're saying, you know, find five schools in this city and I want to sponsor the, them to have two educators teach this curriculum and bring it to their schools um, and sharing it, just simply sharing what we're doing because I don't think a lot of people yet know a lot about Earth Friends yet, which is why I'm so happy to be able to have these conversations on podcasts um, with all different kinds of communities because to me, it's a lifestyle, like the the way we can shift to be healthy for people and planet is a lifestyle change and we can do it. Exactly. Yeah. We could do it. I love we that. Can totally do it. And we exactly. can start them young as like, feel like something like my grandparents would have said. <laughs> but, oh, it's so true. Start them young. Exactly. Start um, young. Yeah. Yeah. No, and have I'm, fun. we have so much fun when, because we're able to, to approach content that can be daunting and scary and whatever, when you look at, you know, how it is in, our everyday realities. But when you, when you talk about these things through our five modules, it's, it's fascinating. And where we find positivity and possibility and so much play and even adults experiencing that, that, that feels lighter and it feels a lot more possible. Yeah, for sure. I think it's so, the world is amazing. It's just all the different functions of it. It's crazy that it's even yeah. capable of doing so many things. So I feel like appreciating that and taking a step back and being like, wow, like this is all that it can do. And, you know, now we can take the step um, to take care of it and things like that. But yeah, yeah. At Earth Friends, we call that interconnected awesomeness. I love that. That's so cute. Um, yeah, well, that's pretty much all my questions. Thank you again so much for um, taking the time out of your day. Um, I, I think, yeah, it was amazing. No, thank you so much. I, I really appreciate um, the invite and to have this conversation and to, to you know, reach young people like <laughs> means I'm an old person now, but <laughs> no, <laughs> it's just amazing, amazing, amazing. And so inspiring to see what, um, honestly, like young adults and, and older children are doing with the means that they have to, to make things happen in the world. That's just, it's awesome. It's interconnected awesomeness. Exactly. Interconnected awesomeness. This is going to be my new go-to phrase. I love it. it. Use it, run with it. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, no, thank you so much again. Um, yeah. Awesome. Thank you.